Grace and peace, friends. My name is Chris Pollock. I'm one of the pastors at the 8th Street Church in Oklahoma City, and I want to welcome you to This Week in the Way of Jesus. As we move through the season of Epiphany, the challenge is there. Open your eyes and open your heart to what God is doing all around you. For generations, people have said, God's task is simple. God is relentlessly pursuing us in love. Every second of every minute of every hour of every day. And as the story of salvation unfolds, we find so do the plans of God for us. God's intentions are and have always been to use us to join in with God to do God's rescuing work in the world. And God's intention is to go global, conspiring with us to accomplish God's purpose. What is God's purpose anyway? Well, it is this to make one gigantic family. That is why I would like you, as our weekly practice, to consider baptism. Kingdom is coming. We are praying for it. The kingdom is coming. We are waiting for it. Kingdom is coming. We are working for it. The kingdom is coming. Hear the word of the Lord from Isaiah 49, verses 5 through 7, and John 1, verses 29 through 34. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, to him who was despised and abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and stand up. Princes will see and bow down because of the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. And then John chapter 1, verse 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen, and I testify, that this is God's chosen one. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
In Isaiah 49, God continues a song that began many chapters before. The once broken apart family has now returned home. Broken and shattered as they are, God's renewing plans are set in motion. Through this remnant that has been beaten up and bruised, shattered and dismayed, joyless and hopeless, wandering and homeless, a new plan is unfolding. When we take a step back, we can see it. As the salvation story unfolds, so do the plans of God for the world. This began in ancient Israel among those that have barely made it back home. Here they were, barely making it as they finally arrived in a land that had been destroyed by their Babylonian enemies. They look upon it to see the city in ruins, their homes burned, and not a tree standing. But not all is lost. In Isaiah's poem, God is playing the long game. And God's intentions are to use these people to join in with God, to do God's good work. This is why the poet says, I'm going to use you to bring Jacob back home to him, to set a reunion for Israel. This must have sparked a little hope. God is going to help us get our families back together. But then it continues because God says, but wait, that is small beans compared to what I have planned. That is not a big enough job for my servant, just to recover the tribes of Jacob, merely to round up the strays of Israel. Nah, I'm setting you up as a light for the nations so that my salvation becomes global. Years later, when John the Baptist and Jesus entered on the scene, what God intended way back in Isaiah's day emerged as a reality. John baptized in water, but he said, Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. You will be immersed into God's ways of doing things, God's ways of thinking about your life and the world. You will be baptized into God's family. At the invitation of Jesus, you will be baptized into a family that is eternal and lasts forever. And it is through that big family that God is going to get done what God needs to get done in the world. That's why Jesus' invitation was clear. Follow me. Get in on the good work of God. Join the family. And being baptized is the sign of adoption into that family so we can get in on God's salvation work that is indeed going global. baptized into one thing or another. Sometimes we're baptized into our work. Sometimes it's our hobbies. Some have been baptized into dreams or ideas or goals. Sometimes the pursuit of something is our baptism. We even baptize our children. Even non-religious people do this work. 
We baptize our children into sports, school, family, expectations. We're indoctrinated in ways that we've never even considered. Christian baptism is a process of initiation, the mark of adoption, the rite of passage whereby lost and lonely people or people with mixed up ideas are invited into a good family, into something that is eternal. This is what Jesus offered every day and still offers now. We see it in the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. These are stories of God building a new family. When we consider the baptism Jesus offers, we begin to realize that God has needs, which is shocking. You never knew that, did you? But it's true. God does have needs, and what God needs is a family, a big family, one that is so big that your little family with its values and its traditions and its quirkiness just isn't enough. God's love is as wide as God's ability to sacrifice. And the truth is, your little family just isn't big enough for you either. That's why we say at the H3 Church, we need God's grace and we need one another. That's why in worship, we sit at a table together. That is why we tell stories. That is why we do the sacred and sacramental work of baptism. week, I'd like you as a weekly practice to consider baptism. Now that can be a scary thing, I know, but but take a moment to think about it. Perhaps you've never been baptized before. You might not even know much about it. If that's you, I would encourage you to contact one of your pastors to set up a coffee to just talk about it. You can do that by sending an email to life at 8streetchurch.org. A wonderful resource as you consider baptism is a book called Remember Who You Are by William Willimon. I have a lot of regrets in life, but my decision to be baptized was not one of them. In fact, it's the best thing I've ever done, and I invite you to do the same. If you have been baptized, perhaps your parents had you baptized as a baby, or perhaps you were baptized as a child or in another church. We affirm the sacredness of that act and believe that all the grace that you needed was offered to you in that moment. So there is no reason to be baptized again, but there is reason to renew your baptism vows, that you renounce those things that will draw you away from the love of God and steer you away from God's family, because now you belong to a much larger family, a family that lasts forever, a family that is eternal. So this week, if you have already been baptized, I invite you to remember your baptism. Maybe you want to take a small bowl, fill it with water, and leave it as a symbol of your baptism on your nightstand or on your desk. 
before meetings or hard conversations, or even before dates with your spouse, or before you take your kids to one of their activities, take a look at the bowl, remember your baptism, and dip your fingers into it as a sign of a prayerful remembrance that you are a part of a much bigger global salvation plan. And finally, if you are a parent, I would encourage you to have your children dedicated or baptized. They are baptized into ways of thinking by culture, systems, and society in ways that they cannot even comprehend, nor can we. So consider baptizing your children. In doing so, you're saying our little family invites you, our child, into a wider family of belonging where God is our Father, Christ our brother, the Spirit our mother. Because we love you and life can be hard, we invite you into God's global work of redemption. God has a purpose for us and for you, and we don't want you to miss out on any of it. Of course, your pastors would love to talk with you about this if you have questions. So again, you can send a note to life at 8streetchurch.org, and we will be in touch with you. Thank you for joining us today as we learn to live this way of Jesus together. Remember that you were invited into a much bigger family than you could have ever imagined. Know that in your baptism, you are a part of a far-flung, barrier-breaking family. Every rabble-rouser and rascal who shares those baptism waters with you is now, like you, inwashed. And by that, your lives are joined with God as your Father. Christ your brother and the Spirit your mother. By the Holy Trinity, you are now connected with an eternal connection. Friends, may the grace and peace that you need as you consider baptism and you remember your baptism be given to you here today, now, this coming week, and wherever you go.